Yes, sir. Miles Xavier. Ooh, wee. It's how I feel coming into this podcast today. Let's get it. It's how I feel coming in. Yo, I must say, I must say this week, in in just understanding how crazy of a week has been for both of us work-wise, this always feels like the perfect the perfect reset and energy reset to jump into next week with, man. Yeah, man. It's definitely a place where energy just gets sorted, chopped up. You know what I mean? It's I, I look forward to this all the time just as a space to, you know, express myself. I think that's important, man. I hope everybody out here, I hope all y'all listeners find a creative outlet that y'all feel just good doing. Because I feel good talking to y'all, man. What's up? The creative outlet part of it is also very important. And I didn't realize the importance of like a creative outlet or a hobby until this came in, until we started really focusing on the podcast because very a lot it's it's very easy to get caught up in the work that you're doing and you know, get caught up in the grind of the of things. But having that hobby and having a creative outlet really allows you to explore yourself a lot. So I definitely encourage everybody to to give this and this type of thing a try. Are we live? Real, real question. What options of creative outlets do do people have? And the mic is in your face, by the way. Heads up. <laughs> nah, it was like this. It's like this. It's like this. I was looking like, dude, off a home improvement. I was looking like over the over the hedge. Um, Hey, bro, you know, sometimes you don't want to know who you is. I just watched the MLK versus FBI documentary. I'm out here looking, peeking through the blinds like Malcolm. Watch One Night in Miami as well. Um, what options do people have as creative outlets? Men specifically. Options, bro, art. Men specifically. Music. Men have all the same options that any other person identifying as any other gender has. And I no, um, as a man, I'll put a break not being that. held back. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, put a... Go ahead. Just tell me what the things that men can't do as hobbies are. <laughs> <laughs> Re- reach out to other men to just cry on the phone together. That's not a thing that is... Nigga, MF Doom just died. If you're not reaching out to your hip-hop friends that know MF Doom then and crying on the phone together, then you're tweaking. Listen, this is all I'm saying, right? I understand, and I envy this, actually, um, about female relationships is that there is a lot of camaraderie, um, a lot of thoughtfulness, and a lot of communication that goes into those relationships in a rate and way that is not very common in male relationships. Now, that is just my experience having been a man in a man that has uh, <laughs> relations <laughs> relationships. <laughs> You all right? <laughs> Can you finish that? <laughs> Can you get that off? You know what I mean. Uh, yeah, man. I know what you mean, dude. I think there are absolutely uh, aspects of care that female relationships demonstrate uh, that male relationships completely leave by the wayside. Like, one of those being going out and women, like, taking care of their friends in terms of, like, making sure everybody's good, making sure everybody gets home, making sure they know where everybody's whereabouts as they get home and state and level of drunkness and who they're with guys will let another guy wander home do an Irish goodbye. Right. Is what it's called. And just take <laughs> off and be straight. Right. And so that's what they call that's it. What, an Irish goodbye. 
I think so. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. You just take off and you're you straight. Um so but the reason like in what up to the shout out to the YouTube audience that might have seen me make a little bit of a face is because I think there's also aspects of male relationships that allow for honesty and uh a a camaraderie that has zero um backbiting or jealousy or I think there are certainly things that get in the way of female relationships that don't exist in male relationships only to say that you know what I mean I I just it was funny just the way that you came into it and uh yeah but I I like to appreciate the the nuances of both of those both aspects and the ups and downs of both of those things I are funny to observe and which is why it's important to be able to keep a balanced group of friends. You know, it's, it's very important to be able to keep a very diverse, wide ranging group of friends, just so you can appreciate the different types of nuances and, and features that are in different types of relationships. I know as a man, for instance, I have very people that I consider very, very close friends with that I don't speak to on the regular, maybe a four or five months will go by. But when we do speak, the love is always there. When we meet, the love is always there, you know? And it's, that's, that's kind of, men are, men are very good at having great surface level relationships. It's very easy to have very great surface level relationships. Whereas strong female relationships and great female relationships that last a distance, in my opinion, or let me say rather in my observation has been, you know, a lot more deeper and a lot more intimate as opposed to a lot of men friendships. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced it in a gendered way as much as as much as you have. Uh as somebody who's as somebody who's very like privileged in the sense of having friends and of having like two like very, very close male friendships like best friendships in my lifetime, like you being one of them and shout out to my boy Delante, man, like being the other one that just being able to click with somebody and have a relationship that's like very, uh, organic, organic, but also the maintenance of it is, is, is fun. Right. And I think that's something that we, we look to and expect in a healthy relationship, but I think that's more luck than it is an example of something that's common or exists in healthy relationships, where even the maintenance of the relationship, even checking each other, even, you know, having the back and forth conversations about how I can grow and how you can grow is, isn't, doesn't, doesn't revolve around conflict. I think that's rare in a relationship. And yeah, just as a man, it, it, I, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily speak to my experience that, one gender or the other has more of those relationships. I think it's just a rarity in people finding other people whose, whose spirit matches theirs. You know what I mean? I I can, I can think of my, my first, first like female, like girl, like kind of girlfriend, but we were too even young for that back in the day. Uh, you know, uh, I almost want to shout out, but never mind. But like she, her, she has a really close female relationship from back then when we were dating and now she's they're still friends like from I'm talking about like elementary school type stuff and I've so I've seen that from them and I've seen that in myself I've seen that 
I've seen my pops's few relationships that he's maintained from moving from the city into the suburbs and back to the city again with men that is like, I've seen, I've seen, I think that's more luck. I don't know if it's a gender thing. It's all it could be, it could be, yeah, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. And it's important to note out how that could be a function of, of luck and of privilege because the reality is a lot of people do grow up without ever seeing what healthy relationships look like in their lives. A lot of people don't really, um, a lot of people grow up around in, in situations where unhealthy friendships, where there's a lot of deceit and, 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 and ill will is present in those relationships and people see that. And actually that touches exactly, exactly, exactly on some of the topics that we're going to discuss in today's show. So without further ado, I bring to you another episode of All The Way Live podcast. Look, this right here is a podcast about nothing more than just the life experiences through conversation between two brothers, two best friends, and how we have broken up that show for you guys is into three different parts. Now we have Stumble Upon, Current News, and Recommended and Review. Stumble Upon is where me and Miles Xavier bring forward conversations, topics, and discussions that we have stumbled upon over the week. This includes things that have inspired us, things that have been, things that have, we've been thinking about, and things that we've been been experiencing we bring that and we decide for that and then from there we move on to current news now current news is where we reach to the very top of what is important in information and news today bring that down and break it down to the people with y'all as a family and then from there we move on to recommenders and review now on recommenders and review this is where we where we have to have to have to reach out to our fans because this is where we engage with y'all you guys tell us what you guys want us to review you guys tell us what you want us to watch we take that, break it down for y'all. This week's recommended in review, UFC 257. Boy, this is where air horns should come in, right here. Ah, uh, you. <laughs> the, the forever late air horns. Hey, <laughs> I missed that alley oop. I missed it. I'll take that one on the chin. Sorry, audience. Boo this man in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Please boo this man. Listen, Build man. Listen. Nah, no, none of that. None of that over here in this podcast. Listen. So, recommended and review UFC 257. On current news, me and Miles Xavier are going to be breaking down the rise in mental health decrease and issues through COVID. Um, mental health is a very big thing to us. We heard us breaking that down in terms of the relationships that uh, people engage in and the health, the mental healthy aspect of that. You know, we're bringing that conversation even further and breaking it down with y'all. And with stumble upon Miles Xavier, stumble upon today, we're going to be talking about. Stay tuned. My to mental find health. I wasn't gonna miss another alley who got it. If it was up by the rim, I was gonna dunk it. I was like, you, you left it up there. We spoke okay. about the pre-production. I actually, I'm not wearing my glasses, so I actually can't see what I'm reading. But yo, thank you for thank you for that intro, bro. I think I speak for the people when I say you damn near sung us in here. So like, yo, the rhythm is real in the building right now. Um, I also just want to acknowledge that uh, Joburg is in the building, Chicago is in the building, the builders in Chicago. Chicago is stolen land, man. We live in the US right now. We're talking about a land, specifically in Chicago, that was stolen from the Potawatomi people um, and the violence that was done to Native Americans to remove that land from them is inseparable from the state we find they're sitting in. 
the state we find this country in, the state we find the world in. So lifting up relationships between black and brown people the world over, lifting up uh, the name of the Potawatomi people and Native Americans the world over, uh, intro over, and I think now we can get in tune to the DAPA, man. I've been, I've been itching to find out how my brother's feeling today. He's been bringing a lot of energy. You know what I mean? We've been, we're getting into a lot of, uh, I think, topics that mean a lot to us today. And so I just want to check in with my dude, see how he's doing. Uh, what's your week been like? I know it's been work, but how the work been treating you and how you've been treating the world? Yeah, brother. I mean, you know, um, in the line of business that 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 me and you specialize in, which would be impact work, is what I'd categorize that under. Um, you know, it's it's constant. It's, it's it's constant. It doesn't necessarily take a day off. And because it is passion work, it, it at times is is the most rewarding thing that you can go through, and could also be the most draining thing that you can go through. Listen to people talk about the stories of. Um, where, where they are in their lives and, and what's going on with them and helping people who are truly in need. Um, you know, so in, in, in that regard, it, it has been a week of, of, of high fulfillments that come with the value of being able to help people and also some, some the, the, the draining aspect of the work that has to go into it. So for that, it is important that I do shout out Faith and Love Orphanage in Katlehong, South Africa. That is an orphanage that we have just partnered with they are um, some of the people doing incredible work with just taking in about 43 kids, feeding over 100 people a day where they can. A family that just loves to give. And our foundation, Mandula Foundation, is absolutely excited to be able to start working with them, um, lending support where we can to their organization, growing our network of the people that we're helping, and and literally feeding the kids, man. So you know that that's 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 a very important thing to us over here. That's dope, man. That's dope. And I want to I wanna lift up all the, lift up and acknowledge all the things that, you know, the great work that, that's in there, bro. Like, you know, taking on an orphanage as a part of, you know, your efforts to feed people is, is huge, you know. Uh, I think we try and center everything we do around helping folks and manifesting that is really important. Uh, but another really important part of that and something that I'm maybe hypersensitive to right now because of something we'll get into later uh is that there's self that there's self-care that needs to you know uh kind of correspond with that work right the you gotta you gotta care for yourself so real quickly before i'll jump into my end of the dap up but how have you been caring for yourself this week Ooh, that's a that's a great question man that's a great question I, and i appreciate you asking me that and i also would endorse more people doesn't matter what type of relationship or who your relationship is, is to ask people, how have you been taking care of yourself? One, you can learn a lot through that, but two, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a more, it's a more warm way of being able to find out how somebody, how somebody is doing, how I've been taking care of myself, health is wealth to me, you know that, right? So whenever I'm, whenever I am, um, whenever I'm, healthy and I feel healthy and I can and I can exert the energy through physical exercise I'm always excited and happy about that so taking care of myself um my my physical is important being deep in 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 doing work that I love man I realized I realized this week having having changed my work schedule and starting to work starting the day earlier the fulfillment I get from doing the work I love is the energy that I need to be able to push me through the day and so 
for me, that has been so rewarding and fulfilling. So the, the ways that I've been taking care of myself this week, Miles Xavier, have been just maintaining my health and also throwing myself even deeper into the things I'm passionate about, which then allows me to come here with nothing, if nothing but positivity and banter. That's all it is. That's all it is, brother. <laughs> now, would you mind yeah. dapping it for the people, man? <laughs> yeah, big facts, man. What's up? Appreciate you. Um, Miles and Xavier is touching down as, damn, no, actually, <laughs> I hate that I just, oh, this is starting with me talking to the third person. That's trash. But anyways. Uh, Edit. Feel, no, no, that's no, cool. It's cool. Well, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Um, no, nah, I, feel, I feel good. I feel Honestly, like, yeah, uh, a little a little tired. I came in this week has been a crazy first two weeks of the year. I think our ability to be on Zoom uh, has eliminated kind of like the slowness of the first two weeks of the year. People coming back from vacation, people resettling from holidays. Um, it's been a manifestation certainly of energy I asked for, right? And just being like, I want to hit the ground running and it's happening. And that's, that's awesome. And I've, I feel like I've been taking advantage of that, but yeah, I also do feel um, the weight of that. And, and again, like I said, so without beating more around the bush, I took a mental health first aid course uh, this past Friday and the course was amazing, and, and we can get into that a little bit more. I think it'll fit into a few of the topics that we're talking about today. But just for the dap up, I'll say that it just really made me conscious of um, how heavy that the weight that all of us walk around with and that we don't acknowledge and that we kind of just push to the side, right? And that we, so um, I've just been allowing myself to really feel that weight and not let it make me sad or, you know, you know, I'm still very excited to be here, but just reminding myself that it's okay to acknowledge when you're tired and when, you know, things are weighing on you. So, um, but I'm super glad to just be up here in the building talking to y'all. Uh, and I think I, I, I come to this podcast, like I said, tired, but happy about the opportunities that that tiredness represents. Right. So I've, I've been able to tap into my community and help in a variety of ways. Um, I just took on a job with the greater Chicago food depository which is a cool organization, um, more than cool, uh, that's, you know, helps distribute food to people who are in spaces that either have limited access to food or who are in a financial situation that makes it difficult for them to get food, uh, just bringing people their basic needs. And so I've just been realigning my schedule to fit that in, to keep doubling down on the pod. And, and, and I think that's important. But I think a conversation that we also wanted to weave in here is that uh, I'm grateful to have so many opportunities to support my community. I think a lot of people are looking to do that, right? And so I can speak a little bit to uh, some of the ways I think people can do that, but I want my brother to tap in here and, and maybe speak from, from you know, his experience on, in this conversation. Yeah, man. I mean... And I think it's a very, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a very important thing for us to talk about just because what I'm noticing, I'm not sure if you've noticed this too, but there seems to be a change in the world is changing. It feels like it, it feels like the world is definitely changing. It's, it's almost as though more people are, are caring 
Yeah, or or more people are caring so much that they need to act. There you go, right? So now people are more compelled in order to to move into action. And so when the conversation now becomes, okay, how do we help and what we do, which I know is something that, for instance, when the protests happen, a lot of people look to you because you are a community organizer with what is it that we can do? And those questions keep on keep on, keep on mounting. I generally, honestly, I feel something as simple as 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 checking in with the food kitchen. You like there's the hands, there'll never be too many hands in order for 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 things like that to work. Almost never, almost never. We're in the space of COVID. It's like sometimes there are spaces where we need volunteers, but we can only have, you know, 1,200 square feet of space. So we can only have seven volunteers at a time, but we need them for eight hours. So we need seven shifts of seven volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, always, always, always look to volunteer. Um, I think in, 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 in be, just be willing to, like, I think a lot of people think I want to, I want to, a lot of people just have jobs that aren't necessarily, they don't find, they don't see a connection between the job that they do and helping their community. Right. And a lot of people start to want to help their community by looking for that connection. But a lot of times like community organizations just need somebody to like take like meeting minutes throughout all of their community, yeah. their, their meetings. Right. So the willingness to just be like, Hey, can I come take notes for this organization? Right? Can I do something administrative? Right? That that might not be related to a skill you have, but if you're genuinely you genuinely do want to help your community, then I would just say that go to an organization that ha- that is of some interest to you, whether that be an animal shelter, whether that be a uh council for a park whether that be a uh, parent council or um, a guidance council for a school, like look into that and then be just, I mean, it's real, but humble yourself and just be like, what can I do? Because if, yeah. if, you, if, if you come in with the, with the willingness to do whatever task, and it might be cleaning up, you know, in the age of COVID, it might be sanitizing a room, wiping a room down before, People come in and have a meeting in it and after it. But if you're willing to, if you really want to, it's, it's, it's service. It's all service. So you're going to have to humble yourself to what service might mean. But if you're willing to do that, you're, it's easy to find something where somebody yeah. needs service. They'll, it, it, is, it is easy because people are always in need. Um, and I also think people have to be very real with themselves in terms of what satisfies them in regards to, to helping. Not everybody's appetite is the same for, for assistance. And overextending yourself is a great way to ensure that you get burnt out, you get exhausted, you make false commitments and things of that nature. So if you're talking about the sustainability of helping people, honesty to oneself in terms of what is my threshold that will that that I can feel fulfilled in with helping some people it's just monetary donations maybe and and that's very important you know we need money to be like all organizations need money to be able to help people so if that's your contribution to it and that's enough for you then that's your focus then and, and you can assist in that what we're saying is that there's no thing there's nothing that's too small to help and also what we're ignoring is also miles like People can get up and do it themselves. I mean, you know, that's 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 what that's what we did. We we saw people that need help, and we decided to create the 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 organizations that can begin to help people. 
I think you're speaking to something very important in terms of the idea that, yeah, people can do it themselves, but also like nothing is too small, right? And so a lot of people look to fulfill that want to do service outside of the home. You know, I want to go to, you know, and go to a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen or, or you know, uh, volunteer at a clinic or something like that. And, and that's, that's really great. I want to encourage people to do that. But I also want to encourage that if you are really feeling that desire to help contribute to change, then don't look too far outside of your own home first, right? Look to the conversations that you can have with the people that you're connected to that might be difficult, right? Look to um, speak to the people that, you know, you might shy away from conversations because your views might be your views might be different on issues that matter to you right i think it's it's very difficult to even turn to your parents and have conversations about the way the world is changing right and i think some of those conversations can help you work out some of that emotion that drives that want to that want to serve and help you be more realistic about what you can do and what will satisfy you. Yeah. But also, yeah, I want to repeat what you just said. Nothing is too small. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And, and I think it really comes from maybe it's the glorification or the glorification of, 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 of social work and the people that do social work regarded as no, you know, that they're just naturally nice like that, you know, like, sure, maybe, but also I think there's, all of us have the capability of being able to do something that is outside of just the interest of ourselves. And I love how you broke down, like just speaking with family, you know, I, me and you always, always talk about this together where it's like, man, a lot of the work, a lot of the work really is just listening to people, just being an ear for people to be able to open up to and, and to, and to break down what their situation is and, and genuinely being present in the conversation that they're saying, being um, attentive and, and, and heartfelt and, and, um, em, em, empathetic. Yeah. I exactly the stigma we want to eliminate that it's not pathetic to be empathetic at all at all at all all. but i think you're also i think we're also like dancing around and i i know we might be dancing through some of our different topics today but i feel like we're kind of dancing around the conversation of mental health right like yeah man the idea of what can you do at home how can you deal with the emotions of wanting to help and wanting to deal with the world changing um, and speaking to the people that are that are close to you also just speaks to the need to check in with people man how are how are like asking your people how are you doing like how how are you what do you think about all this stuff that we're seeing right and and you know I, I think there are a lot of people who don't know who to turn to and don't have a lot of people to talk to or less access to people because of various stages of lockdown that people are in and all over the world and that's a big part of it, man. That's a big part of that conversation. What can you do for your community is care, care real hard for the people that are, that are close to you. Cause people need more support than they're asking for. Always, always. Um, and you, we are touching now on our current news topic, which was um, specifically the topic is the increase in mental health cases and issues throughout the world over COVID. And so this is an excerpt. But I think I feel like we're cooking today, by the way. Just 
Just saying. Drizzle. <laughs> Just the drizzle continues. <laughs> the drizzle continues. So pick it up. From, yeah, and I and I can see, by the way. And like <laughs> listen, I don't you know. You don't need to lead the people. I don't know what ring like this is. I I try to keep my glasses off for half the episode, but I'm squinting, opening up my eyes, trying to adjust glasses that aren't there. It's I a think mess. we're. I think the, I don't. I think we they can figure out the glasses too. It'll be they a have meme to. at some point. I don't know. Let's just yeah. Let's just do what you gotta do. They have to. But anyways, um, taking into and the, now this is an excerpt from from Wired. According to data from the mental health. Whew, <laughs> why Mo is the one reading, by the way? Because you wanted to do the reading, <laughs> That's why. I do really think we should do it. All right, nigga, go ahead and read. <laughs> you see, when we were talking about support for friends earlier on, this is not this is not the example of support. I, I support you, to. nigga. I support you, included in our podcast. You think you can contribute, but you gonna read that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read you all, all week before the podcast in order to be ready, God damn it! I don't want to read on it. Listen, listen. Uh, according to data from Mental Health America, more people are facing deteriorating mental health from January through September of 2020. The number of people who have taken MHA's anxiety screenings has increased by 93% over the entire previous year. The organization's depress, depression screening has seen a 62% increase over 2019's total. Before the year was even over, more people were trying to find out if they were suffering from anxiety or depression than ever before. MHA isn't the only organization with data pointing to mental health impact of the pandemic. A survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation in July 2020 found that 53% of adults said the pandemic had negative toll on their mental health. Data collected from CDC found that 41% of adults experienced symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder in December 2020, compared to 11% in, Jan- in January to July of 2019. So the, the figures across the board are up, right? So I see this information, and it, it, it brings... It, it it brought me to a conversation. It, it brought me... To, it, it sent me down a rabbit hole of just finding out, okay... I, I understood that the I, I I expected and understood that the pandemic would have a negative impact on the on on on, on mental health cases, but to the extent that this was I, I I had no idea until I dove into it. Some of the numbers are up like fifty three percent, you know. Numbers are, are are quite high. Suicide rates are quite high. Yeah, man. It's a lot of people are going through it, and. I think a lot of the reason why it can be so surprising to read some of those numbers is that we've put so much stigma around dealing with people who are struggling with mental health challenges, right? Or we've put so much stigma around even facing a mental health challenge, right? In in the Western world that people are people don't want to talk about how they're feeling. You know what I mean? People don't want to talk about the ways in which they're struggling. And it, and it, this echoes itself in really basic ways, right? Think about just the, the simple idea of just being like, oh, hi, how are you? And somebody being like, oh, I'm fine. Everybody says they're fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm getting through. I'm getting by. Living the dream. You know what I mean? But how awkwardly do we react when somebody really says, oh, I'm not doing so great? 
Yeah, you usually back off from that point when somebody gets when somebody starts getting very personal, you know. And we always had a joke in the in 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 the office back back in corporate, which was tuck tuck your emotions, tuck your emotions. This is not the place for that. And the the way that we dismiss that, and I can speak specifically from a cultural standpoint, and I know a lot of cultures also have this, but in the black and African culture. It is a matter of the toughest, you know, everyone has to put on a tough face at all times. When when issues of mental health are brought up, sometimes they're deduced to, you know, she just, she has to stop going out so much or, you know, whatever the case is. And the reason I use she is because one, most of the cases are female cases and two, females are usually the ones that are less, um, that, are, that are less provided services and help for in the case that they are. Uh, experiencing symptoms of, of of mental health and mental health disorders, and so with that, I think it's and 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 at this point, you would think, at this point, Miles, you think that it, it's almost clear and obvious the difference between medical um, medical mental health, mental illnesses, me- medically, let's say medically. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Medically you're, you're... diagnosed, medically diagnosed mental illnesses, right? Now, there is, there is, there is mental illnesses that derive from a brain that is dysfunctional and has inability to either control, measure, or regulate certain brain functions. This is where you'll find cases where somebody's serotonin or somebody's um, or or, or somebody's um, not melatonin. What's the happy? What's the happy feeling? Don't leave me here to dry. Dopamine is the is is depleted on a medical and chemical level. It is unable to be able to 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 fire in the way that it's supposed to. Therefore, forcing that person's brain to be able to react in a manner that is depleted of those dopamines and melatonin and and serotonin, which makes them which makes them have the demeanor of somebody that is sad and feels signs of medic of clinical depression. There's, those cases are real. And it's important to also understand that there's also environment, environment caused symptoms of, 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 of mental illness. Do, do you get where I'm coming from with trying to break down the, these two things? Even though it might seem intuitive to understand that that exists, I'm finding that a lot of people still do not believe that as if it's a myth. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's real. Depression is real. Anxiety is real. Right. Um, people that have panic attacks, that's real. That's a real thing that people live with every day. Right. Panic disorder, eating disorders. Right. There's people are living with all of these different traumas every day. Right. And, and so um, I think it's just important to understand that you don't know what, what, what people are going through. And to the people that are close to you. Right. Understand that it's and it's tough to put responsibility on people but like as hard as it can be when somebody is exhibiting habits that concern you right their appearance changes or you know they lose interest in things that that they usually you know were more passionate about or you know they stop wanting to be around people or they stop going out right 
it can be difficult to confront them about these things. It can be difficult. You don't want to come off as judgmental. You don't want to come off as, you know, you don't accept them. But you, it's tough, man. We we have to normalize having these conversations about how people are feeling and 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 normalize. If I can go back to the example I was giving, like somebody being able to say, "Oh, I'm not doing so great," and how do how do we respond to that? Right, normalizing people being able to respond to that in a way that is that is caring connecting people to resources you know normalizing people having mental health hotlines in their phone right somebody that you can talk to if you you just need to talk apps like talkspace um calling the the suicidal hotline if you really are having thoughts about ending your life like these aren't things that we should encourage people to hide from the world there are things that we should all talk about that we are struggling with and we can talk about root causes of what in our society is making so many people feel depressed is giving so many people anxiety you know is 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 pushing is pushing people to the the limit of their of their mental capacity um but in the meantime we also need to just be understanding and caring of these people you know some of the amazing things that i learned through the course that i took over the week is that they're they're in the process in the states at least of creating a number 988 that you can call that has mental health professionals and not the police come to address a crisis or a challenge that somebody's having uh and steps like this forward only come from us normalizing conversation about mental health so i i encourage everybody to talk to somebody honestly yeah Yeah, and if we get even more personal about it, you know, we've been friends for a long time. So there was a period when I moved to to Scotland to do my master's program where, you know, I've never been somebody who would say they suffer from 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 mental disorders in that in that way. I've I've had a a a young bout with depressive depression, the dep- feelings of feelings of depression, but it was never anything that became entirely too um too extreme so now in my in my early 20s going to go do my master's program you know i call you and i tell you hey bro like i cannot be around people i'm having these 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 panic attacks or, uh, around people it was a very uncomfortable and abnormal experience to go, to go through because i've you know i've always been able to conduct myself in a social manner and and never felt uncomfortable being in social settings although generally introvert by virtue of the time i choose to spend by myself and i'm re-energized by energy by myself but i've never been somebody who's afraid to be around people now coming into that i called you immediately i was like bro i do not know what is going on however i i generally spiral in thought when i am around people you know i would get to i'd get to these these college parties and the people were good people for the most part you step in there immediately you thinking oh man i i don't want to be here i don't want to be here and then that thought slowly starts to climb i really don't want to be here what are you doing here and then your breathing starts to um and then your breathing you know you start to hyperventilate a little bit then you start feeling lightheaded then you start sweating and then you know before you know it you you're the dude that's leaving parties sneaking out the back of parties you know and and it almost became a joke that no Zoe doesn't come to parties or what not but it took me a while to to be able to understand what I was going through and then having you know finding the tools to be able to eventually break that out of my system 
Yeah, man. And that's, and thank you for sharing your lived experience with people. You know what I mean? Because I don't think people realize how common that is, right? In the United States, one in five people will experience a mental health challenge like within their life, right? Um, it takes 10 years on average for someone to, uh, for an adult to uh, come forward or seek help, seek professional help about a mental health challenge from the time they start experiencing symptoms, right? I think all of that speaks to the way that we we feel like it's a personal problem. Something's wrong with us, right? If 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 you know we start to feel this way, if we can't be around people, um, and I think, yeah. It, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I feel like as your friend, I, re I certainly remember having conversations around that and, and doing my best to be empathetic, but in all realness, right? Like none of us are, the most of us are not prepared to have those conversations, right? With our friends, right? We don't, we don't know what to say. We don't know, you know, how to give advice. We don't have the information at hand, right? With what to do with that. And so, I wish I could have known the proper resources to give you, right? I wish I could have been more like supportive in that in that moment. And I think all of that again just comes from us us having conversations about these things. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And and when we talk about the solutions that that the solutions that or let me rather say the tools that helped me be able to break that down and to beat it was understanding the understanding the manner in which the brain works in terms of impulse sending, you know, the brain is, is sends electro electromagnetic information. That's how it works. It's, it's impulses, right? So when you are impulsive, it means you're acting with direct response to the pulses that you are feeling and therefore letting that determine your, your actions and your thoughts and your feelings prior to being able to regulate those impulses and to control those impulses. And, you know, that, that, so diving deep into meditation, diving deep into, into self-understanding and diving deep into, into positive habits that allow, allow my, allow me to, to, to grow out of it. You know, I mean, I was, I was student council president. I, I had no issue, you know, no, I'm saying I, I don't mean to toss my weight around this podcast or anything, but you know, I'm, I'm, you're talking to Stuco Press. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Look, man. We're talking to, we're talking to what? SP1, Stuco Press, <laughs> numero uno, man. But listen, anybody, it could happen to the best of us, right? To start to experience mental health challenges, right? The, the most confident of us, you know, the most social of us can start to yeah. feel anxiety the happiest, the jokiest, the funniest, most hilarious of us can start to feel depression. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's real out here. And so I want to acknowledge that journey that you went through to figure out what's going on with me, right? Because that, that helps that, that the more you're informed about it, you can recognize those symptoms again, if you start to have an anxiety attack or a panic attack, right? And, and then if anybody else as we should, seeks to help you, you can tell them, oh, I've experienced this before. I'm experiencing shortness of breath. It feels like the walls are closing in on me, you know, as cliche as that might sound, right? But uh, breathing usually helps, right? Being able to talk to somebody who's trying to help you through that is a result of, you know, you're in a journey to figure out what's going on with you, right? And, and 
So that's part of safety, really, right, is, is figuring out what's going on with us. What am I susceptible to? What are, what are my triggers, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with any of us searching within ourselves to figure out what are the things that I am uncomfortable feeling or being confronted with. And confronting those things ourselves in a, in a safe space with the people that we care about so that when we are confronted with them in the world, because this world keeps confronting us with the things we least expect, right? We are able to handle them in a way that, that we can be proud of later, right? And that I'll leave it there. Well, look, for I think going into the new year, and and I, and I love how how loose and fluid this episode is because this is generally exactly how our conversations go about this and and going into the new year and and how how intent intentional we are about the energy that we bring onto this podcast I, I just felt it to be something that is very important to 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 speak about in a, in a very honest and vulnerable way and and allow our our family and 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 fan circle to get even bigger with people that can relate to the the the, the things the stories that we come from you know where we are the, our journeys how we got to where we are you know i think it's very easy to be able to to to, to look at at things from the outside in and say no man you know this dude has never suffered from mental uh social anxieties and anxieties and depressions and and things of this nature just because you know mr miles xavier is on tv every other week mr zway is is is, is doing the same thing but it, you know it's those things are real, you know, those things are real. And so if anything, 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 this podcast right here is a circle that we hope is, is, a, is, a, is a space that we hope we can inject some, some positivity and positive energy into anybody that's feeling any sort of way um, about either harming themselves or um, mental illnesses or even just having a bad day, man. You know, we're here to celebrate life because life is worth celebrating. Is how we feel. Big facts. Big facts. Put that on the shirt too. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. We, we have, we just went through, we went all over the place, you know? You never know what you're going to get on all the way live, people. You never know. I think it was more important to be genuine than to be uh, organized with that conversation. So I'm, I'm glad we did it how we did it. And then what we got else? <laughs> Listen, and this is, let me, let me actually put you onto some, some crazy, right? So check this out. South Africa, apartheid, the apartheid government is here for, for you know, a long time, um, oppressing the, the black South African natives that are over here in what is arguably some of the most successful um, strategies of, of oppressive, oppressive tactics, right? So much so that the, so much so that British intelligence and British, um, and British police would come over to South Africa and Rhodesia in order to learn the oppressive, some of the oppressive tactics that they utilized over here. Right. So one of the quickest things that they did in this country is that they gathered is that they they pushed everybody into these townships. Right. Which would be your colloquial ghettos. So pushing everybody into these townships, we're talking about millions of people being pushed into these tiny, tiny circles of 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 of, of communities. Right. And in the worst in the worst um, in the worst 
in, in the worst environments, naturally, you know, diseases are going to run rampant, crime, things of that nature are going to happen by this, by this force moving. This, and this force moving is purposefully disenfranchised and isolated away from the main city. Me and you took a drive to Soweto, and on the way there, I said, count how long it takes for us to be able to get there, right? And count the, and look at the, the nothingness in between it. Right. So then you get that right. And then you have that. Then you have that. Um, you have that setting from that setting. You have a plethora of young male and female black South Africans who want to be able to fight for the liberation of their country, leave the country in order to do that under the guise under under what is termed in, in, in political and military exile. They leave South Africa and join um, different um, fighting organizations and fighting groups like Yom Konto where they're pretty much guerrilla and military and, 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 and military folks, right? Um, so they're going through these various types of wars in different places, fighting in literal battle. These guys are fighting in, in, in literal battle. And then the apartheid regime is over. 1993, 1994, all of that is gone. These people have seen unspeakable, unspeakable humor, um, unspeakable uh, horrors at the hands of what is arguably, again, the most successful, the most successful oppressive regime, and then have to dive into regular life. A, a, lot, a lot of us are, and, and this is just to acknowledge something that I find interesting, right? A lot of South Africans are, our, our, our forefather, let me, let me say our, from our grandparents to our parents' side, are living with traumas that we cannot fathom that led to the liberation of our country, but it's it's weird. Like all all the kids of people whose parents were in were, were fighting it that way know very little about their parents' stories. I think that's a shame. First of all, I think what's incredibly important is that we look to those people to tell their stories, right? Whether it's oral history, just letting them talk about it and recording it. Whether it's encouraging these people to write about their stories, whether it's documentaries. To capture those stories, I think, is important. Um, I think we definitely do live in a time where it's easy to be trying, where it's easy to be caught up in trying to keep up. And you're always thinking about how technology can move us forward and how we can be the first to take advantage of the next big move, right? Whether it be a stock trade or, you know, a, a come up financially or a business decision. But in all of that, we can learn so much from the past and, and we, we have a reluctancy to look back as if we'll be passed up by something greater. Um, not realizing that all this shit is cyclical. So all of it I is would, cyclical. yeah, I would for sure encourage those stories to be told. Right. Because I, I think, and, and if you are, if you are South African, if you are African American, if you are, Asian, if you are European, if you are, I don't care who you are, and if you have somebody who is your elder who has been through something that you don't know about, ask them, turn to them, and 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 get that story while you can, because that will inform <laughs> so much your life personally, especially if that person is related to you. But even if it's just an elder in your community, like there's so much history that we walk past every day 
without realizing, without without learning from, and repeat the same mistakes. And yeah, just learn from. <laughs> just learn from. Now, why I bring this up, especially as close as we did to our conversation on mental health, is because by by these by by not having shared their stories, a lot of these people haven't gone to therapy. A lot of uh, what, and and this is and this is my hot take, if you want to call it that, right? The violence level in South Africa is so high. The 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 rape and and sexual assault levels are are very very high. They're abnormally high for for most countries, right? Now I'm not blaming it entirely on this, but in describing the circumstances that I have laid out in terms of the people that are living in these, in these, in these destitute situations and these, in these um, disenfranchised townships and then fighting in these atrocious wars and then coming back and then just being given a briefcase and a tie, like, okay, go join corporate now. I'm not saying that that's the cause of, of what it is, but I'm playing with that idea in my head of, of what impact and legacy does a situation like that have on the people. I think you're I think you're right to be cautious about the way in which we link those things but I think the loose association that I would make that is both uh unfortunate but our only hope right is that trauma perpetuates trauma but healing also perpetuates more healing so I don't know if the way if 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 gender based violence is Though I'm not sure of the ways in which gender-based violence might be related to the traumatic experience of a people that had to fight so hard for their just basic human rights to live. But I will say that as we look to heal and, 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 and listen to the stories of those people, allow them to tell their stories, reveal what happened to them, we will find, we will uncover what that link might be. Right. And so as much as the trauma that they might have experienced may very well be attached to that trauma, healing the trauma that all people have experienced will eliminate that factor of hurt people hurting people. Right. Or at least start to do put a dent in it. You know what I mean? Um, and we can move into a space where, yeah, we can be more honest about what people went through and we can. And that is the basis for prevention, right? Yeah. We, we have to take time to heal both the hurt that's historical that caused the hurt that's present, but we have to, we can't neglect the hurt that's present, healing the people who've experienced that gender-based violence. But as we heal both of those groups, hopefully that leads to prevention of future gender-based violence, helps us to be smarter about maneuvering our communities in ways that doesn't allow us to be subject to oppression in ways that puts us in position to be traumatized and to traumatize others, right? So it's all, again, goes back to observing that history and and investing in healing. Invest in your healing. Invest in your healing. That yo, you know? we we just we've just covered some 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 super serious topics. You wanna wanna throw a, a banger in there? Just to, to to get us ready for the main event of the evening. <laughs> I done I done 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 disconnected all my bangers. We're gonna have to cut out. I, I, I got bangers. This niggas need bangers. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. 
<laughs> he said, no, 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 I got it, I got it. I didn't disconnect with the main bangers. You got the backup bangers. Though. Never shine in this life. Back up in this thing. Back up in this thing. Look now. We had to get heavy on y'all. We had to talk some real, some real shit for y'all, man. But we bringing it back. We bringing it back with the most hands throwing this, bob weaving this, knockout in this fight card of the UFC that I think we've seen this year, bro. How many knockouts was it on the main card, bro? Like about three now? There's on the main card, there was four knockouts. There was four knockouts. You had the Murdoch Sanchez, you had Rodriguez Rivas, you had the Calderwood and uh, Jessica I, Chandler Hooker, poor, oh, no, not just right, all of them. The Calderwood and Jessica I, those, those two <laughs> All knockouts. Well, it was all knockouts. I got two Devils, two Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, all... they're all knockouts. They're all knockouts. For sure. That's For sure. Crazy. Yo, but what else do you want, man? Are you not entertained? That's a great, that's, it was fun to watch. I will say that the UFC is quickly growing to have some of the most exciting um, sports programming that's out there. Now, NBA is star-filled and it's beautiful, but the talent level at the UFC is just entirely too high. Now, the question, like, we'll get into the results and we'll get into the scores. Who does Khabib take on from here? Who is the next better challenger? Like, does Khabib step back into the ring after some? Like, is this enough to make the king come back? That would be my question. I don't think so. I think, you know what I mean? If you're Khabib, I don't know if you see, I don't know if you see anybody who's is, who's fighting right now as as somebody who challenges your legacy, right? I think as great as the fight we just watched was, Poirier knocked out McGregor, who Khabib isn't, you know, I don't think Khabib feels no ways about somebody who can beat McGregor. I'm, I'm sure Khabib feels like he could beat you McGregor. better beat McGregor. <laughs> So I don't think anybody's done enough to to demand him to leave retirement. You know, if, uh, we've seen in a lot of cases across UFC and boxing that a lot of fighters are just fighters deep down, right? And so some of these guys are gonna jump back in the ring, you know, whether it's demanded or not. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see that yet for Khabib. Yeah. Um, now, I think a big the- question is, what does Conor McGregor do now? Now, so if we go straight into the into the scores of it, right? Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Um, Dustin Poirier is, I would say, top four in the one fifty five division, top three in the one fifty five division. Um, I put Dustin Poirier, then I take. Um, I, I'd actually not. I'd I'd, I'd say I, I'd go Khabib, Poirier, and then Gaethje. That that would be my 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 top three like that, and maybe Oliveira fourth place. Oliveira, I put that fourth. I like Oliveira. I, I like Oliveira too. I like Oliveira. I I yeah. put him at I put it I I I I I put him there. Now, what what this means for 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 Conor McGregor? I mean, look, we got Michael Chandler now in the same weight. No, Michael Chandler is not the same weight division, is he? Um, no, it's not. I don't think so. I think he is. Mike Michael Chandler is is, is, a, is a short dude. I think it all just speaks to what you were saying about the competition level being so high, the talent level being so high. I think the main thing there is that 
we've got some we've got some amazing fights. We don't have a we don't have a star in this division like we have it with Izzy Adesanya, like we had when Khabib was not retired, right? And I think that just makes for a hungry uh, a hungry group of folks vying for that belt. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break down the. I'm going to bank down the lightweight division, which is the 155 category. You have Khabib as number one. You have Khabibi. Khabibi. You have uh, Khabib. Baby. Khabib. Baby. Bring me my bubble tea. Yeah. Listen, you have Khabib at number one. And then Justin Gaethje as the first contender. Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker. Uh, that's to- that's 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 your that's your top six. That is is your top six. Who who can be Justin Gaethje in the top six? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I you know I'm a Ferguson fan. I would love to see Ferguson and McGregor. I would love to see that fight at this point. I think I think that's a good matchup. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Gaethje's a Gaethje's a monster, man. Gaethje's a monster. I think we've seen him. I think we've seen him handle everybody except Khabib. So, except Khabib. Now, the fight that I would want to see if I can make if I can make a, a a dream fight is I would take Max Holloway from featherweight and have him fight Tony Ferguson at lightweight. I don't want that fight for Tony Ferguson right now, man. The last fight we saw for Max Holloway was something else. I don't, I don't, I don't want him in the ring with my guy. I would love to see Max Holloway maybe take on a uh, uh, a Portier or a Gaethje, but uh, even Gaethje is that's a tough fight. That's a that's a tough fight. That's that's a tough fight. But I mean, listen, the the the, the division is is. It's super, super stacked. You got uh, Figueredo, uh, Devison Figueredo at the flight weight. As a top, that dude's just a monster. You got uh, Volkanovski, Kamal Usman, Israel Adesanya. Shout out to a lot of, shout out to the, all the black folks being Africans on the top, on the top list of uh, all the, all the black top fighters, except John Jones being African. Yeah, big facts. I mean, hey, and shout out to including John Jones on being black ish, black African. Yeah, I fucks with it. That's uh I mean, but that's what we see in a lot of in a lot of these sports and, and I'm not surprised that UFC is is not an exception. Uh but yeah, man, I, I, I hope I hope these brothers continue to get an opportunity to eat, bro. Like for real. I hope this continues to expand. Um the USC is doing all the right things as a sport, as what it is to continue to grow and gain attention. Um, so yeah, man, I hope these guys continue to to grow and change in the sport. Shout out to Daniel Cormier now announcing fights, doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I love the growth. It's there's, there's a few, there's a few, as I, as I look around the, the UFC rankings list, right? There are, a few people who stick out to me in terms of people that are going to find it difficult to, to find competition, right? And if I have to name those people specifically, Amanda Nunes. Who fights Amanda Nunes 
now. You know, think of like coming after this 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 fight and and wondering who fights Khabib, who's another one of those person of people. Is like who who are you gonna put up against him? Amanda Nunes is another one of those people. Amanda Nunes is 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 is, is a monster, is is a monster and breaks what people's faces in. Who do you put up against? If you Amanda can find Nunes? the fight, fight. If you can find the fight, fight the fight. But if you can't find the fight, let these let Amanda. Let Khabib, let them eat off their endorsements. I've seen Amanda in a couple of uh, alcohol ads. I think she's got some clothing ads lined up. Let her eat. Let her be the, let her find that position and be cemented as one of the legends, untouchable. Let Khabib mm-hmm. do that. Let them be the Bill Russells, you know, of the UFC game. You know what I mean? And as we continue to bring this forward, you know, let their, let their name ring. You know, I don't, I don't. I think we can we can do that with fighters in the UFC just as we've done it with boxers. Hey, look, they they took on all comers and they and they did their thing, bro. Let this is because the other thing about fighting too is that they're putting their their health and their lives at risk. So if you've done it all and you've taken everybody on and you've beaten everybody in your division and you've solidified yourself as the best, go ahead and take that rest because you know, you that's your brain that you're putting on the line. That's your your head, your body, your limbs, your noggin. You know what I mean? So, yeah, let them be cool, man. Let them be cool. They're the champs. Hey, man. Uh, all to wrap that up. To wrap that up. That was that was that was an absolutely absolutely fun fight to to watch. UFC. Uh, Michael Chandler as well. What an entrance coming into the UFC off of his first fight. The dude looked confident. The dude looked comfortable. Um, the man was clean with it. That backflip off of the off of the top rope, off, I love it. You know, I, I was listening to the post conference where Dana White was saying that he hates it, but look, dude, if it's cool, it looks cool. The risk is up to you to pull it off, you know. But just seeing Michael Chandler go into there with so much confidence and and take Dan Hooker, um, just dismantle him, dude. Just bulldoze him over. That that gets me so excited. Just about. Um, the additional talent that's coming into the UFC. And if you're into fighting and you're into combat sports, this is the place to be. Boxing is super exciting, don't get me wrong. I mean, boxing has so much excitement around it. Javante Javante Davis, you got Tag Davis, you got Earl Spence, you got Sean Porter, you got... it's, it's, It's heavy. But if we're talking... Pound for pound, neck for neck competition almost in every... Bro, they starting the year like this. Yeah, They exactly. starting the year exactly. like this. Exactly. And UFC just keeps running. So that's Gotta the other thing, it. too. Like, all these other sports have seasons. Like, this UFC just keeps setting up the next fight that makes sense and just keeps going. So, hey, man, listen, I, I encourage everybody to get into... And I definitely am not taking for granted anything that can be communal that I can talk to with my homies that I can gather around and look at and just, you know, just be watching something that's super entertaining. You know what I mean? That's, I, I support that fully for sure. Um, I don't know if I've said it two times or three times, but I'll say it one more time. Check out one night in Miami. That's a fly movie. There's a doc MLK FBI. Watch that. Uh, man. Yeah. Anything you want to recommend to the people, bro, they should check out. Off the top of my head, I ain't got nothing to recommend y'all, man. Uh, I recommend that you find a peace of mind, practice your stillness, learn how to be present. That's what I recommend. Big facts. Dodging rain and catching hail. Come on now. Hey, brother. Talk to me. What else we got? Anything. 
I'll tell you what we got is the knowledge that we know. We know. Tell us. What do we know, Miles? Y'all got a lot of choices, bro. Y'all got a lot of options. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could be on many different channels, tuned into many different things. But here you are. With the wavery sounds of my hazelnut voice are reaching you right now. You are tuned in. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, you did not refer to your own Come voice on, man. You can't just let me get that off. It's the <laughs> outro. I thought you wasn't going to interrupt. Just let me get my shit off. You can refer to your own voice. You're the hazily voice. <laughs> of, oh. I said that is the tones. I got hazelnut tones. That. Go ahead, brother. Look, Mr. Mr. Hazelnut tones. Get them. I had to get these chestnut flavored. You know what I'm saying? Now you got me all messed up. Now I see, I can't even get my shit off. You done messed yeah, up my yeah. songs. You, you, you're not sure which hey, look, nuts man, you want. Hey, look, man, y'all do this all the way live. Which nuts am I? <laughs> Go ahead, Pip. <laughs> so rare to the black people. Feel good to be black. Don't just wait. They say yes. Say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, listen, yo. We gave it to him. <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, listen. We appreciate anybody that's that's tuned into this, that's listening thus far, yo. Uh, this is, like, an amazing space for me, like, just to speak, just to, man, just get these thoughts out to practice being fiercely articulate about the things that I care about. So I appreciate everybody that's tuned in. I appreciate you, brother, for keeping us organized, for doing all the reading, uh, for just making this a space where, you know, we can educate and entertain people so uh this is a celebration of life this is a celebration of black life this is a celebration of celebrating this is a celebration of how good it feels to be black don't his way all the time all the time yo listen love your people man read a book uh rest yourself and peace love water we gone like comment subscribe Yes, sir.